Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. The early returns coming out of Philadelphia, they're the only franchise to fire a doc for a nurse. It's Wes. That was pretty good. I got to give it up. And Walker. I really like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm ashamed good. to tell you how much I like it, but I do. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Thank you very much, Fiddy. He'll be here all week, folks. day for the dynamic trio before we take a little bit of a break and then get back at you a little recharging and things of that nature spending that holiday break keep the text coming on the charlotte men's clinic text line 704-570-9610 hit that follow button on the social medias of wfnz on twitter and x at wesson walker on twitter at West Bryan underscore 72, at Walker Mail, at HTB underscore Josh on X and Instagram. And now, folks, let's get to it. It is time for the Campus Corner. Listen, man, we know that Florida State is still upset about their CFP snub. And Andrea Adelson, friend of the show, has reported that Florida State has had renewed in-depth discussions about its long-term future in the ACC in recent weeks with talks reignited following the Seminoles' admission from the college football playoffs earlier this month. And they said that while no meetings have been set with the Board of Trustees, they said that they have started the discussions yet again about their future. She says, quote, while there has been renewed discussion, no Board of Trustees meeting has been called. To be clear, Florida State is not leaving the ACC in the near term, but is merely weighing its options, a difficult task that also has come with trepidation among some involved in the talks. And so we've seen politicians getting involved in this and letters being passed back and forth. But at this point, is it just time for Florida State to get over it already? We did the same thing with UCF. This was so predictable that Florida State, UCF, whoever goes undefeated and doesn't get a shot at the college football championship, they're going to milk this thing for all it's worth, and they ain't done yet. And so now here's Florida State, Mike Norvell, talking about how it's been one of the hardest months, hardest couple of weeks leading up to their bowl game. Like, I get it. I know it doesn't just go away. I get the sting. I Look, I don't know about Florida State just needing to forget it and move on already. Like, I understand how bad that hurts to go undefeated and not to go to the college football championship. I get how frustrating that is. But, man, I, I just I can't tell you that I care about it as much anymore. Like, I, I did at the beginning. Even if I understood where the college football playoff committee was going when they said Florida State had to be left out in favor of Alabama and Texas and, of course, the other two undefeated schools, 
even if I understood their decision, it didn't mean that I felt great about it for those kids down in Tallahassee. It's not like I didn't have any sort of sympathy whatsoever. But, yeah, here we are about to get into January where these guys, if they want to win a bowl game, I have to imagine they got to focus on the opponent and not being gypped by the college football playoff committee. Yeah, and so when you look at this game coming up against Georgia, and so far Florida State has lost Johnny Wilson. Uh, they've had several opt-outs, including Johnny Wilson, as I said, a wide receiver. Keon Coleman has opted out. Trey Benson, Jaheim Bell, Jared Burst. So pretty much all of the big dogs for Florida State will not be playing yeah. in this game. But as far as it goes, when you talk about Florida State and if they should get over it, yeah, I think they should at this point because there have been several, I believe, they outlined in the notes uh, in the letter replying to the politician from Florida that they believe that there was, I think, eight teams that have been undefeated that were left out of the college football playoffs. And so I think for Florida State, yes, it was a very tough moment. There's no question about it. And Florida State had a lot of merits that would lead to them getting into the playoffs. But I think at this point, what's done is done. And the Seminoles just have to turn the page and move on. And as far as the opt-outs in this game, I'm not a fan of it. But it'll still be interesting. These are two talented teams, so we'll get a glimpse of the future. They should start calling a lot of these bowls the future bowl because we're going to see a lot of these guys from Florida State and Georgia that are going to be shining next season. And so they'll get their head start in this bowl game. But, Fiddy, what do you think about the Nose? Do you think it's time that they move on? Um... <laughs> I'm really conflicted, man, because like moving on probably means the, the the end of my conference. But I don't blame them because they feel they, they feel like they didn't get a fair shake, and they understand that if this was a Big Ten or an SEC school, hell, even a Big Twelve school, they, they they're they're probably in the playoff, even given the um, the circumstances of the quarterback play. So I don't know. I just. I just hate it that we're going into bowl season. We're into bowl season. We're, what, 10 days away from the playoff. And it feels like we're not talking about the games. We're talking about off-the-field stuff. And I just wish we could talk about the games while we still have games to be played. Yeah, and so with Florida State and that same token, you know, I'll say this. I just think that if they go to another conference, I'm sorry, but... I know you have confidence in your school if you're Florida State Board of Trustees and this, that, and the third, but who thinks they're going to go on to the Big Ten or the SEC and go undefeated ever? Because I don't see it. And I know that you should never say never about things, but I just think Florida State would have a much tougher road uh, to be able to get to the college football playoffs going to one of these conferences, especially now that they're super conferences. It's going to be hard for the best teams in those leagues right now to go undefeated, much less of Florida State or the Clemsons or whoever else is thinking about moving on. But just like so many other things, it's all about the money, right? It is. So when you're such a big draw that the ACC relies on and Florida State feels like they could get more money and a better share going somewhere else, then it's not necessarily them thinking solely about, hey, how can we get to the college football playoff? Yes, I'm sure it plays a part here, but it's really the money as the driving force, not, oh, we can't make the college football playoff because we go undefeated and then we still didn't get in a top four spot. It's going to expand to 12 anyway. It's all about the money for that. Well, I do think it is about the money, but I do think to an extent Florida State does want that path to be able to get to the college football playoff. This is a proud program. They want to be able to say that, hey, we're among the nation's elite and we've proven it by getting to the college football playoffs. I do think the money plays into it. But it's going to be top 12 anyway. 
next year. It is going to be top 12, yeah, so they will have an easier chance of getting into it. So moving on, man, Dabo Sweeney, every once in a while, well, not even every once in a while, you know, Dabo will pop up in that feed and be trending, and this time it's not for a great reason. Clemson legend Terry Kennard, a guy that is in Clemson's ring of honor after an All-American career with the Tigers, he spoke of mistreatment of his son and said that he made Jaden's last two practices the worst experience of the entirety of the time when he was there. He purposely belittled Jaden, insulted him, and called him names. This two-day public onslaught went far beyond anything resembling any kind of appropriate coach-to-athlete exchange. Coaches can use tough tactics when trying to get the best out of a player. This was definitely not that. It became obviously personal, and it was obviously overkill. And so Dabo has responded to it, and he said that they had an accountability run. Coach Batson schedules these runs all throughout the year. That's just strength coach. He said most of the teams didn't have to run, but one team did have to run several over and backs, he said. There were about five or six guys who got their butts chewed out, and they earned it. He said football at this level is not for everybody. The discipline, accountability, and toughness is hard at this level, Dabo Sweeney said. And so just from the reputation, from what I've known from him, from what I've seen from Clemson players, I've never heard anything like this before. And Dabo pretty much told you in the quote, yeah, he got aired out. Doing these accountability runs wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And so he got at him. And his dad probably didn't like it. I don't know uh, if there's any entitlement there because of his status as a Clemson legend. And I'm not going to 100% just dismiss what he said. It could have been something there. But I just have never heard this before from any Clemson player. And for Dabo to come out and confirm, like, yeah, he got he got chewed out. There were several players who this happened to. Uh, I find this situation interesting. I think at the end of the day, it's not going to uh, affect Dabo a ton. But, you know, what do you make of this? I don't think it's going to affect him because it is uh, only one complaint. Unless this leads to more saying, actually, no, this is something that happens in behind closed doors and happens on the football field then maybe it leads to something significant where it hurts his recruiting, hurts whatever. But, I mean, we have seen him get hot at players on the sideline. I can remember that fake punt where he goes after a punter, and he just starts publicly reaming them. And so I might not have heard it from other players, but we did see it in prime time when we got to watch him. Um, I think it was Georgia Tech when you had that fake punt, just go after whoever that punter was a while back. And so we've seen him like this, but no, I don't think that there's anything on any big-time volume to the point where it's going to lead to real change with Dabo or cause a real controversy. Dabo, I mean, uh, Fiddy, is this uh, a situation where kids are just being a bit too soft, or what, what do you think? <laughs> oh, Wes, don't put me in that position. <laughs> well, I know how you are. You're very old school. I mean, I, I, you know, not to make light of the situation, but just wondering your thoughts. No, I mean, I think it's just something where – you know, I, I think all all coaches are learning to adapt to this new this new generation of athlete, and you've got to find you've got to find other ways to motivate and get your message across. I do think Dabo maybe is right up there with Kirby and Nick Saban, where maybe he's got enough cachet to to do it his way, and you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But it doesn't mean that he's still not going to get backlash from former alumni that played at a high level at Clemson. Yeah, it, it, this is a situation I feel like it's probably going to end up blowing over after a while. But 
uh, you know, for the dad and as a father myself, I can understand a little bit where he is coming from. But I thought, you know, Dabo coming out and saying, yeah, guys are getting chewed out for not doing what they were supposed to do. Now, I don't know the exact language that was used. And I do feel like coaches can sometimes go over the line with what they say. I've just never heard of that coming out of the Clemson program. And lastly, uh, if you go check out social media, Wake Forest Football's Twitter, they take you on a tour of their new $38 million, 60,000 square foot facility that includes hyperbaric sleep chambers for napping that helps with inflammation after practices, 130 lockers that gives players plenty of space, players lounge, nutrition station, and hot and cold pool areas, as well as the customary team meeting rooms. I will be spending some time down there soon and definitely going to get in one of those hyperbaric chambers for all of the inflammation uh, that I suffer from. But this is is a great gift for Wake Forest. And now it's just interesting because at first the arms race was all about facilities. Now it's facilities and money. This is a nice gift for Wake Forest, and it's definitely going to be able to to help them, but how much would you factor in facilities if you were a recruit uh, coming out these days? Oh, I think I would factor it in a lot because that's your everyday life. You're going to those facilities every single day that you're on campus, whether it be for treatment, whether it be for practice, whatever, you're going to be living amongst all of that infrastructure. So, of course, it's going to be something that is important to you during the recruiting process. The one thing I'll say is how much do these kids care about hyperbaric chambers maybe they do but i'm gonna guess they care about other things a little bit more so i just remember anthony gonzalez do you that's the thing i think of immediately i don't know if anybody else thinks this too but when anthony gonzalez was at ohio state and this was like 2007 around that time transitioning into the nfl i remember them doing espn doing a feature on him sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber to help with all the things you just talked about and it was like galaxy brain stuff at the time whoa, what's going on? This guy's really ahead of the game. He's really doing something to help himself out here. And then eventually his career ended, I believe, because of just some injuries that he was suffering. But Anthony Gonzalez, a real pioneer in the hyperbaric chamber category. And it's interesting to see where it is right now, where Wake Forest is spending so much money to have these types of machines on their campus. Yeah, I think uh, when I send you guys a video of me sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber, I will let you know uh, how it is in there, okay? And how refreshed I feel when I get up. But when we come back, We're going to bring you Panthers, Packers, top 10 players. It's your favorite. You love it on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details.
Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Just a little less than two hours to go before, I guess, Adam Gold takes over for us from 12 to 3. Yeah. Legend in his own right. We'll be airing his show uh, for the next, at least tomorrow. And then it's the Prod Squad, as you dubbed yourself, Fitty. I like that a lot. Prod Squad. Prod Squad coming up next week with you and Flounder. You guys are going to be at the Doghouse, and that's how we're going to man the holiday schedule here at WFNC. Yep, you know, when the full-timers take off, the part-timers step in. And this is, I mean, I love holiday radio, too, because it's when I get to do a couple of my, you know, our shows. It's shine time, you know what I'm saying, for you. What What I really like with holiday radio, that really kicks in in the week that is between Christmas and New Year. Because you're still having like a weird schedule. People are coming back, but some people are back. So you have this weird, like not all day usual programming. But if me and you are here, Wes, then we might hop on for the middays or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's just no rules. That's when you just like you bring in, you can walk in on some sweatpants, not looking your best. You know, maybe get a little saucy on the air a little bit more. So <laughs> there's just no rules. At least that's how I abide by that. Um, hopefully Jeff's not listening. Yeah, I wish that I would have said going into the Oklahoma game had Carolina won. Same rules as the UConn game. Oh, boy. I'd have done the radio in the nude. That and then I would have be... came in next Thursday and Friday just uh, free willy, if you will. Because well, we it's holiday you, radio. We know you better enough to know that you wouldn't do that, even if you could. <laughs> <laughs> Free Willie. I don't. I wish. I wish that referred to Willie P doing a solo show, but it doesn't mean that, Wes. It means something entirely different, and I don't want to break it down anymore. What I do want to break down is our top ten list. We've been doing it all year. We did it last year. Top ten players in this matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers. This one was tough too. I feel like last week was tough with Atlanta because there were a lot of good players. It's it's kind of the same thing. I felt like it was the first time we ran into that kind of problem last week. But there are some good players for Green Bay, but not, oh, man, they're it's, clearly it's, the top. Yes, guys, that you had to do some digging. Yep, yep, that's how I felt as well. You ready to do it? Yes. All right. I'll go first. You've been going first on a lot of stuff. Okay. So I'm going to go first on this one. Welcome back, Taylor Moten. Okay. Taylor Moten. Coming in at number 10 overall. How about his final two games that he's played so far? 71 pass blocking snaps. Only one pressure allowed. Zero sacks. He's one of the best pass protectors compared to every single other tackle in all of the NFL. And I do think when you play with an offensive line that is this poor, that has had this much shakeup, that you're begging for Austin Corbett to come back. When he does, he's just too injured. He doesn't play at the level he did last year. And so he gets hurt again, and now you're bringing in somebody else at right guard where you have Bradley Bozeman also not doing a great job in pass protection this season. I think that affects tackles. And yet Taylor Moten has still done a pretty solid to even very good job in what you're seeing in pass protection the last couple games. That's my case for my guy, Taylor Moten. A couple Green Bay Packers showing up here next. How about Dontavian Wicks? He comes in at number nine, really coming on strong late as well. Folks, a quarterback made my list. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, are you mad at me for putting him in there or not yeah, high enough? Uh, that's that's kind of low, but. Okay, I didn't. So I thought <laughs> I didn't know if he was. Uh, wow. Gonna, yeah, Jordan Love. Hey, look, I put him in there. There could be a case where I don't put him in, but I got Jordan Love. There's number no eight. case for not putting him in. I'll just say that. Jordan Love, number eight. 
final back three. What you got for me, Wes? All right, so I got Rudy Ford in there uh, as my number 10, the safety out of Green Bay. He's got the 25th coverage grade according to PFF, and he's allowing a paltry 40.9 receiving percentage. A uh, paltry is not a bird, Fitty. That's yeah, poultry, and it's not a pastry either. No. Okay. Uh, mm. Number nine is uh, Dontavian Weeks. I've got him in the same slot as you do. He's sixth in win rate versus man uh, route win rate. He's 28th in of uh, 20th in overall route win rate, and he's got 31 catches and 49 targets. So he's a pretty dependable guy. And then my number eight, uh, I've got Brian Burns, sixth in edge pass rush win rate, tied for 15th in the NFL with 12 tackles for loss. All right, you have Taylor Moten, Dontavian Wicks, Jordan Love, or I have that, excuse me, and then who are your last three again? Rudy Ford, Dontavian Wicks, and Brian Burks. Oh, why don't you keep it going? Who are the next three on your list? All right, my next three are Adam Thielen, 10th in the NFL in receptions, eight receptions of 20-plus yards, especially considering the offense that he plays in, only three drops on the season. Number six, I've got Frankie Louvu. He's got he's second in linebacker pass rush grade according to PFF. He's got a 90 grade there. Nine tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, and over 100 tackles uh, yet again for the Carolina Panthers. And number five, I've got big old Rashawn Gary, outside linebacker from Green Bay. He's got nine sacks on the year with 19 quarterback hits, six tackles for loss. Wow. I'm surprised Rashawn Gary is showing up so early here. I got to give him his credit, you know, but nine sacks is... What I'm saying is it's not enough credit. That's what I'm saying. I think Gary is very good. I'll leave it at that. We'll find out exactly how good I think he is. (laughs) Uh, I have Adam Thielen coming in at number seven. I believe you had that as well. I do. I'm shocked. We agreed on Adam Thielen. I am too, honestly. Adam (laughs) Thielen coming in at number seven. Uh, I have Zach Tom coming in at number six, the highest graded tackle for Green Bay. How about an 80 grade for him, but also having played almost 900 offensive snaps this year. He's played a lot of football, been healthy, 565 pass blocking snaps, and he's your boy, trying to give some love also to top 10 in NFL. a demon deacon. Yes, so Zach Tom has done a great job this season. That's why I have him at number six overall. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to change it. Because it doesn't make sense given my logic. So I'm actually going to move Zach Tom up to number five. He's okay. a top five player. Uh, J.C. Horn just haven't, hasn't played enough football for me. Just not this year. You know how much I love J.C. Horn. We argued all about it last year. I think J.C. Horn is great. But when you play 900 snaps compared to the amount that J.C. has, like that's a lot of football at a high level, Wes. So that's why I'm going to have Zach Tom jump it here. Last minute edit for me. J.C. Horn comes in at number six. Zach Tom comes in at number five. What else you got for me, Wes? All right. So my four, three, two, my number four is Jordan Love. He's tied for fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes. He's got 25 of those boys. Mm -hmm. 3,300 plus passing yards, and he's 13th in QBR. Number three, former two-star recruit at development at Wake Forest. You know, former two-star recruit, Zach Tom. Eighth in run block grade, 22nd in pass block grade, and he's got a 94.6 pass block efficiency score. At number two, I've got Xavier Woods, six-rated safety in all of football. He's under 10% missed tackles and allowing a 36.8 passer rating. All right, so, yeah, I'm trying to figure out just how different we are. Clearly, we're different on Jordan Love. I have Frankie Louvu coming in at number four. I think Frankie Louvu is playing very well this season. Like, and even I was kind of, what I think I was doing with some of these other rankings that we had with him, I feel like I was holding his coverage grade a little too much against him. But he's actually been playing really well in other aspects where he rushes the passer a decent amount. 
and he's elite at it as a linebacker. And yeah, if you look he's at been killing it. He just he does everything well enough. He does everything well except for coverage where he's not awful. He's just not great. I don't think he's awful in coverage. I think you do, but he's not awful. He's just—I I, wouldn't—I wouldn't say he's amazing at it. But I'd he's, call him a liability in coverage. Oh, I wouldn't say that, but I think he's average, and I don't think he's great at it. Like he is very good at overall defense, run defense, pass rushing. So that's why I have Frankie Louvu number four. Um, I've got Brian Burns up here at number three. I think the pass rush win rate for him, I think he's been playing well enough to where there wasn't anybody for Green Bay that I thought was such a star that was playing so much better. I couldn't find that guy. I was surprised, too, when I put together the list. I'm like, look, I, I do feel like you go back and do the second take Tuesday. Maybe you decide to do it on a Wednesday. It doesn't have to be Tuesday, but just take the second take. I think Brian Burns is helping Derek Brown cause pressure. I think he's getting pressure on the outside. I think we saw that a little bit more so. His presence was felt in this last game. Brian Burns comes in at number three, and this one was really tough for me. Um, I'll just finish it out, the top two. You want me to do that? I got Derek Brown number two, mm-hmm. and I have Rashawn Gary number one. Rashawn Gary has been an absolute beast this season. He's not He doesn't have double-digit sacks, but if, especially if you look at the pass rushers here, mm-hmm. playing a premium position, you can't take him, you don't take him off the field in clear pass situations. You leave him on the field in first down. Like This is somebody that plays well in every single aspect of the game, what you ask him to do as a pass rusher. And I couldn't put Derek Brown above him with the kind of production that Gary gives you. Plus, I do think that this defense, they rely a lot on Derek Brown. That's why Derek is too. So I don't want to get it crazy twisted. I just think if, if Rashawn Gary isn't balling out for that Packers defense, then they have absolutely zero shot. And I think the defensive coordinator has, he's going to get fired from them. Like there's, there's, I think it's Joe Barry is their uh, defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so you're even talking about a bad defensive coordinator with bad talent around him or just not as good as you expected this year. I I think Gary's balling enough to be that number one guy with this uh, matchup. So give me Rashawn Gary. All right. So as I said, my number two is uh, Xavier Woods. And my number one, I've got Derek Brown. Uh, number one. You know, he's the number seven defensive tackle, according to PFF. Third in run grade defense, 18th in pass rush grade. He's got 79 tackles, which is still crazy to me for a man of his size. Six tackles for loss, 13 QB hits, and still number one in defensive tackle, run stop, win rate. I'd like to see some more sacks from Brown, yes, but as far as just holding it down in his position and, and the production that you're getting there, I know I was a little bit not as high on him earlier in the year, man, but he's been a force uh, in that Panthers defense, especially playing at that 3-4 defensive end spot. Uh, we got some text writing in. Jack said, someone please buy Walker a Taylor Moten jersey. I would welcome it, man. You know, bring- I bet you would. <laughs> How lame would you have to be to walk around here with a right tackle jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely sport it. I'm all. I drown in a pool of lame. They would either think you guys were great friends. That's right. Or that obviously they couldn't think you were family, but maybe Why? they could. Well, maybe like I said, if <laughs> if he was married to a woman <laughs> of your nationality, then I guess they would consider like you. You could be you, an in-law. I like how you literally answered that. You were like, "Well, okay, yeah." I yeah. Guess. The more I thought you about really it, I said it you could be an in-law. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why you're trying to put restrictions on me, Wes. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. You could be an it's in-law. All right. All right. Taylor yeah. Moten's brother-in-law. That's what we'll call you. Like this. Yeah, okay? man. So close. Uh, I will welcome that Taylor Moten jersey. I already have a center jersey. I have a Jeff Saturday jersey. 
That's a I real thing that I have. I know. It's That's pretty good. I know. <laughs> I know. It was what I asked for and got it. That'll do it for the top ten. You might be the only person I've rankings. ever heard of that has a center jersey. Uh, yeah, I thought so, too. And that that's my rules on jerseys anyway. Like, I, I want to get a jersey that finds the happy medium in seldom seen. The rarer it is, the cooler it is. But also, it still has to represent a player that was out here doing something. Mm-hmm. Like it can't, it can be somebody random, and that would be hilarious in its own right. But if you're talking about getting somebody that is a legend within that franchise, or at least a multi-time Pro Bowler, or whatever, I thought Jeff Saturday was a good enough jersey to go get. In Indianapolis, I would think he's a very beloved player. Oh, though, yeah. where there are a lot of his jerseys he in got the stands. The, he got the interim head coach job because he was good at playing. That's what I'm center. saying. So that but, was it. But do you see a lot of his jerseys around it? Because I would think no. you would. You don't. I, I don't feel like I do. Wow. Now it's not like I, you know, I'm looking for a lot of Jeff Saturday. I was just thinking, you know, there. at the yeah. games, any games that you went to back in the day, did they have a lot of Jeff Saturday jerseys in the crowd? Well, I didn't. I haven't really gone to a bunch of Colts games. I did go back to the RCA Dome. Have never been Lucas Oil Stadium, oddly enough, but I did go back to the RCA Dome and I went to the game when Peyton Manning broke the single season touchdown record against the Chargers. Mm. Brandon Stokely, back of the end zone. Everybody goes, yeah, Brandon Stokely was great. Also, the first time we had seen three players receive 10 touchdowns or more in a single season with Marv, with Reggie Wayne, and Brandon Stokely. We have um, 704 number writing in. I have a Ryan Khalil jersey. That's dope. Yeah, very cool. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You, sir, have found that perfect ratio of not seeing a bunch of them, but also getting somebody that deserves to be in the ring of honor one day. You found that middle, found that nice middle ground. I think I'm one of the few Nana fans that you see with Trent Williams. Probably. There's not a lot of Trent Williams when I watch the games. There's not a lot of him that I see in the crowd. I would agree with that. Well, I I guess I don't know. I'm saying I feel like you would be right about that. Jordan Gross. Andy says he has a Jordan Gross jersey. Of course, the number there also probably being worthy of that. Yeah, and there's Fiddy laughing. You know what number I'm talking about. Fiddy's laughing. Matt from Dallas said Brad Hoover. Yeah, Brad Hoover is a good one. He is. I think a lot of people Full have him. deserve some appreciation, you know. Uh, 980 said, my husband has a custom John Casey jersey Ooh. and gets compliments on it every time he wears it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad about that, too, because John Casey catches a lot of hell for kicking it out of bounds in the Super Bowl, setting up Tom Brady. But I'm glad most people will give him a lot of love for wearing the John Casey jersey because he deserves it. Grant said, got a Frankie Louvu jersey. That's a good one. That is a good one. I, I like that one because the name is sweet. You get like bonus name points. Yeah. And it's an odd number, I guess, 49. Not quite Jordan Gross's number, but still, I, I rock it. And uh, we're scrolling, we're scrolling for some other ones. Uh, did not get any other text about the jerseys. But you can on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. You have any jersey over there, Fitty, that kind of fits what we're talking about? I've, I've long debated because you know... How much I uh, love Zach Martin. He is the best pulling right guard I've ever seen play. And you've Uh, evaluated a lot of them. I have. (laughs) So that's one that like I've always juggled internally because the only Cowboy jersey I have is Tony Romo's. He's my favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time. No one will ever top that. Like CeeDee Lamb has maybe entered that threshold or maybe I'd want to invest. Micah Parsons is there, but... um, And then when when Travis Frederick was, was, was Dallas's center... I really, really love Tim, but I know why there's not a lot of Jeff Saturday jerseys in in, in Indianapolis. Why is that? Because you can't wear a Saturday on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, there we go. 
I'm glad he. <laughs> I think that CD Lamb would be lit though. I mean, the 88. It's hard to go wrong with that. You no, know, CD Lamb would be a great one. We've got some other texts coming in. Uh, coming in. Uh, three three six said, "I've got a Deshaun Foster jersey." Mm. Oh, Wes likes it. Yeah, Deshaun Foster back in the day. You know, you have a great jersey when Wes gives you the grunt. That was uh, a throwback. That was an aggressive one. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Foster right before the 2003 Super Bowl. Uh, Gardner-Webb James, now we're going basketball. Always wanted an Al Jefferson Bobcat jersey. Play in the post. That's what he does. Love to go to the jump hook just like Al. Yeah, Al Jefferson, great moment. Only All-NBA player ever to put on a Bobcats jersey. And my favorite thing, he's got the best aesthetic of all time when he grabs the basketball with one hand and posts up and he gets it away from all the little... That's what you did to uh, exactly. Hugo. I, I had to hit Hugo with the Al Jefferson post-up. It's the prettiest post-up that exists. Is your move better than Armando Baycott's in the post? Yeah, I have a bag. Um, I was <laughs> going to bring this up. When I went to the Panthers-Saints game, Monday Night Football Week 2, I saw a lot of... Frank Reich jerseys in the stands. Oh, man, those did not age. So what's hilarious is they didn't age well the first time. <laughs> then they aged really well, and now they're bad again. Uh, it's been quite the roller coaster for you Frank Reich jersey investors, and I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, we got some random ones coming in now. How about a Kerry Colbert jersey? Oh, yeah, that, that's a good one. You know, he was a flash in a pan if there ever was one for this organization. That's when that's almost like trying to hit the stock market. You buy Kerry Colbert's jersey thinking it's going to be hot because a pretty good first season after the Super Bowl. And then it just doesn't take off from there. And so you lose on it, but it's still a pretty cool well, my jersey. My Kerry Collins jerseys out there, the Bianca Batucas. Come on now. Casey Steve said he had a <laughs> Bianca Batuca jersey back in the day. So we got a few other ones. You can text in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. 5 or 12 said Kelly Trapuca jersey, too. Mm. You want to go to a Fitty Flash before we do Fire or Fizzle? Let's do it. Hit it, Fitty. It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? Isn't, um... One of the punishments, y'all have to sing a country music song? Do I, I have that is. correct? I think so. It is, and I think it was going to go to Wes. I changed it for him and the people to have a choice in it, if I'm not mistaken, because at the time, Wes had been getting a lot, but then I just caught all my punishments at the end of the show, and so I more than made up for all the lack of punishment that I was taking at the beginning. So Wes can sing that country I song want, if I he want wants to. I want a slow ballad, you know, where I can really put a performance together for this Oh yeah, We, we should can... make him sing Desperado. Oh, get yeah. that hat. Well, that's not yeah, country, man. but I do like it. I mean, you, you talk... A, yeah, get my hat going. Okay. All that. We can think of a, a nice country I'm ballad this thing for rocking. you. I'm like, I, get a deal after that mm. all right well someone who got a deal was <laughs> shohei otani who signed a 10-year 700 million dollar contract oh he also was named the ap male athlete of the year for the second time in three seasons he got 20 of the 87 votes in the ballot uh, behind him was Lionel messi novak djokovic the greatest tennis player of all time on the men's side nikola Jokic. Uh, also was in the running, but uh, this is a guy that got $700 million. Andrew Friedman, the Dodgers GM, said he's the most talented player to ever play uh, the game of baseball, and now he's been awarded as the AP Male Athlete of the Year, Wes. 
I think that's fantastic for him. I mean, I call him a cartoon character, and the contract still just blows my mind what he got. I can't wait to see what he does out there with the Dodgers. I feel like with that kind of money, though, he's got to come back with at least two to three championships. Have we just widely accepted that Shohei Otani is the most talented baseball player ever? I haven't. Okay. Because that was just dropped in there, right? And I know it's a comment from someone else, but I just want to know how much pushback there is on Shohei being the most talented player ever. I think there's some pushback. I think he's probably got to put in a few more seasons before people can't really fight it anymore. I don't know. I just, what am I going to do? Like, go to to Ken Griffey and say he was, but then you're talking about a whole aspect of the game that Ken Griffey never experienced. Yes, that's the thing that really gives him a feather in his hat. And I think that's why I said... If he puts up three to four more dominant seasons of doing both, I don't think you can deny it. Well, like, think about the kind of noise we give to players who are maybe in the major leagues for hitting, have to go through rehab with some bad injuries or whatever, and then go back out as a pitcher. And you don't even have to be great for us to celebrate you. This guy is legitimately great at both. Anyways, yeah, I just wanted to know what kind of pushback there would be for him to be the most talented player ever. It's fire or fizzle, the most talented segment of all time, a staple. NFL MVP candidates. I can't wait to hear this one, to be honest with you. I know it's coming up, but I can't wait to hear it even so. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. More Wesson Walker coming up. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Before we take the holiday break, we only have two more the rest of the year, so we got to make them count. Yes, sir. Second to last one. Fire Fizzle on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, NFL MVP candidates. We've had our battles. We've had our conversations. We've had our rants about QBs in the NFL. Whether it be top 10, whether it be NFL MVP candidates, let's start with a QB, shall we? Number one on the list here, Wes, is Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. fire or fizzle as an MVP <clears throat> candidate? Well, starting this thing out, his team is 11-3. and three. We know how dangerous he is, as evidenced by his 3,846 total yards. He's got 22 TDR, 66.3% completions, only seven interceptions. He's number four in the NFL in yards per attempt. He's eighth in QBR, and his 741 rushing yards is number one among QBs, and he's number one in QB rush yards per game. His receivers, they drop a lot of balls. 
because we know the other night he had a spectacular game, and if some of the guys would have caught some of the passes he threw, it would have been even better. Lamar Jackson, former Louisville legend, former Heisman Trophy winner, and balling out yet again this season is straight fire. Y'all going to stop with the hate. I've tried to preemptively guess what's going to take place here, and I'm one for one so far. Just want to see if I can get every single one of these right. I figured you'd say yes to Lamar Jackson. So the second one on the list is Dak Prescott. Was hot for a little bit, but man, that was a bad performance against Buffalo. So you tell me, Wes, is it fire or fizzle the chances of Dak winning MVP? Mr. Dak Prescott, his team is 10-4. and four. He's over 3,600 yards passing. 30 TDR. Since the San Francisco game, he's 15 touchdowns to zero interceptions versus man coverage. He's number five in completion percentage versus man, number nine versus zone. He's number two in QBR. He's number five in yards per attempt and number three in passer rating. Dak Prescott has been up and down this season from his team not believing in him in training camp to coming out at the beginning of the season and his team losing faith in him. Then he caught fire like the Hunger Games. Where is this going? Dak Prescott, MVP candidate, straight fizzle. You You already know what it is. You You choked it off last week. Yeah, I was not fooled by that whatsoever. I am two for two two two. so far. Christian McCaffrey... A running back? Mm-hmm. I don't even want to pay him, let him alone, give him the MVP <laughs> award. You tell me, Wes. Am I wrong? Am I fizzle? Or is Christian McCaffrey fire? C- Whatever. C-M-C running back for my San Francisco 49ers. Number one in rushing yards and receiving yards among running backs. He's got 1,801 total yards to be exact. He's number two in receptions among running backs. Number one in total touchdowns. He's number 10 in true yards per carry and number three in the league in breakaway runs. This guy does it all except sell popcorn at the damn stadium. Should be a mark against him. When you talk about a guy that comes out and makes a team unstoppable. We're talking about Christian McCaffrey here, a do-it-all running back. The white Roger Craig, I like to call him since he's been in San Francisco. He is straight. Fizzle, he ain't getting it. Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 and didn't get it, so McCaffrey ain't getting it. I I did get that one wrong. I thought you might say, hey, he's he's fire. I, I expected you... To maybe go with what you think should happen, not whether it he'll, would. He'll happen. get the offensive player of the year, but he okay. won't get. He won't get MVP. All right, so I'm not perfect anymore. Just throw it out the window. <laughs> we throw this trash away. Number four, Josh Allen. I have to know. I, if I get this one wrong, I'll be shocked. Fire fizzle west. Josh Allen, his team is eight and six and climbing. They are now the quote unquote dangerous team that nobody wants to play. He's got three thousand nine hundred and thirty nine yards, thirty seven total touchdowns, sixty six point three completion percentage. Yes. He's number two in accuracy rating. He's number six in completion percentage against the zone, number five in QB rushing yards. He's number three in QBR. He's top 10 in quarterback rating. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen has 18 turnovers as well, but his team is balling, and they do look dangerous as evidenced by their performance against the Dallas Cowboys. But what do I think about Josh Allen in the grand scheme of things if he's going to be an MVP winner? I think Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills is straight. Oh, no. I'm 
choking just like Josh Allen and the Bills oh, do all the time. Get the hell out of here. You're burning. <laughs> all right. We're ending with a good one. That'll do it for fire or fizzle. No other QB I can think of that oh, should yeah. be on the list. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess I'm playing. Brock Purdy, Wes, you tell me. Just go ahead and give me the fire designation already. Where do we start here? I, I basically, I need a cup of tea to warm up my voice for, for, for all the stuff I got to say about what he's doing right now. First of all, let's start with his team is 11-3. and three. He's completing 69.8% of his throw. That's 70%. Nice. Let's just call it what the hell it is. 3,795 passing yards, 29 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Number one in pressured completion percentage. That means you get in his face, the ball's going somewhere you don't want it to, and it's probably going to be a score. Number one in QBR. Number three in deep ball accuracy rating. Number one in completion percentage versus man. Number one in passer rating versus man. And number three in passer rating versus zone. Coming into the season, you hate it. I know you did. You didn't think he was going to do it, but I did. So you know where this is going. Brock Purdy of my Niners is the rate. Fire, you already know. Cut the music off. The strongest fire designation I've ever heard. It belongs to Brock Purdy. He may not win the MVP, but he does win fire or fizzle MVP. That's Wes Bryant with your Staples segment, and we've got plenty more segments to come. One more hour to go. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.